1: This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. In just six days, Leonard Taylor is set to be executed by the state of Missouri for the murder of his girlfriend and her three children nearly 20 years ago in St. Louis. If the execution happens as planned, Taylor would become the third person that Missouri has put to death since late November. But Taylor claims he is innocent and says that his February 7th execution should be halted. There's a lot to dig into here from the case at Himself, to his claims of innocence, and what could be done about it, and we have a reporter here, Kitty Moore of a Kansas City star, to help us break down it all for us. Katie, nice to have you here. welcome
0: thanks for having me on
1: so first of all, kitty let 's get into the original crime for which uh, he was sentenced to death for those that aren't familiar with this case. What was that crime?
0: Yeah, so in December of two thousand and four, um, Angela Rowe, his girlfriend, and her three kids um, had not been heard from for a few days, and so A concerned family member uh, called police, they went out there and they were discovered. um, All four of them had been fatally shot. Um, And then Taylor was picked up a few days later in Kentucky and was subsequently convicted at trial.
1: Hmm. And he's been claiming that he's innocent, what, all that time?
0: Yeah, he's maintained his innocence since his arrest. And he has pointed to um, this alibi that he was in uh, California at the time of the deaths.
1: So he's saying he was halfway across the country when these deaths happened. Are there is there any evidence that that indeed was the case?
0: Yeah, so um, prosecutors have never disputed that he had left Missouri a week before the bodies were found. Um, The medical examiner initially said that uh, they had been killed about three days before the bodies were found, um, and that changed at trial to up to three weeks. So that would have put Taylor still in Missouri at that time.
1: What new evidence has been brought forward in this case in, in more recent years here?
0: Yeah, so there's been um, new evidence throughout many years of appeals, and as recently as last week, his attorneys had a forensic pathologist review the case, and last week she signed an affidavit um, saying that evidence from the body showed that they'd been dead for about three days um, until the time they were found. So again, indicating that you know Taylor would have been out of the state at that time. Wow.
1: And he's quite open about other crimes that he committed uh, years ago also as a drug dealer. Tell us about Leonard Taylor's past on that front there.
0: Yeah. So um, he moved to California when he was about 22. And um, up until that time, he had lived a pretty normal life. He had been in the military for, I think, six years. And when he ended up going to Southern California, he started selling drugs and it grew to a pretty large scale. And so that's when um, things really changed. He was making a lot of money. He had um, several girlfriends, several houses in different states, um, and then ended up getting caught a couple times for uh, the the drug crimes, and also he had been into some fraud.
1: And I guess he said over the years that he was a good drug dealer. He knew what he was doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was pretty successful at it. He was moving pretty significant amounts of cocaine um, across Southern California, the Midwest, the South, so...
1: How do the family members of those who were killed feel about this situation? I mean, do they believe that Leonard Taylor was involved in these murders?
0: Yeah, so I was able to talk to one of the family members. It was the aunt of the three children, and she uh, believes that he did it, and she she supports the execution going forward.
1: You've written about Taylor's upbringing. What more can you tell us about what that was like?
0: Yeah, he said he had a good upbringing, a pretty normal childhood. He was the middle of uh, five children, and his dad worked at the post office. His mom um, supported them a lot, and um, he said it was, yeah, pretty normal.
1: Um, when and where is he scheduled to be executed at this point?
0: So the execution, the death warrant goes into effect at 6 o'clock on February 7th, and um, the death chamber in Missouri is at a prison in eastern Missouri.
1: Potosi, right? Yeah.
0: Um, on ta- bon- or Eastern reception I'm
1: okay wondering. okay yeah is there a chance that he'll get a stay of execution here how you how are you viewing it at this point is uh, how likely is it that he might uh, he might avoid this
0: so his attorneys yesterday afternoon filed a uh, a motion to stay the execution uh, before the Missouri Supreme Court so they will be looking at that the prosecutors in St. Louis county um, have declined to directly intervene in the case. So they're not going to file a motion to vacate his sentences, which that was maybe his best shot at getting a stay. Um, But they did say they are going to support the attorney's motion for a stay. Hmm. So that's under review. And then um, there's also a clemency application with Governor Parson's office.
1: So there's uh, stays of execution on several fronts here, it sounds like, uh, as we move forward. So he would remain in prison, even if he isn't executed next week. Do I have that right, Katie?
0: Yeah, his case would would, uh, be under review and he would remain in prison.
1: And he's also serving out a sentence on an unrelated rape case. So what can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, he says he's also innocent in that and that that was filed in retaliation. Um, It was the initial case was um, or the initial allegations were brought in 2000. And he wasn't actually charged until the day of his arrest in these murders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he maintains he's, he's innocent as in that one as well. And But he was convicted and he was given 100 years. So regardless, um, he will remain in prison.
1: We'll be right back. You've interviewed him in prison, right? Yeah. Can you tell us what that experience was like for you?
0: Yeah, um, it was definitely a... Interesting experience for me, um, and you know, meeting Taylor, he was very composed. He was very detailed in, you know, telling his life story. He had dates and names, and um, you know, at times was pretty funny about you know some of the things that he got into, but also you know, in terms of the murders, he was pretty solemn about what had happened, and you know, very strongly maintained that he had nothing to do with the murders.
1: Could you tell how he was handling the pressure of the fact that he faces the death penalty just a few days off from even the time you talked to him?
0: Yeah. So when I spoke to him in person, I mean, he was very optimistic that he was going to get a stay. Um, He seemed very hopeful. And I spoke to his attorney, Kent Gibson, on Monday, and that was right after They'd gotten the news that St. Louis County was not going to intervene in his case. And uh, Kent said that um, he had just gotten off the phone with, with Taylor and that Taylor was very upbeat, um, even more upbeat than Gibson was in that moment. So I think he still does have a lot of
1: hope. Is it realistic to expect that Leonard Taylor might get a stay here? Can you, are you reading the tea leaves as to what you think uh, might happen here going forward?
0: Yeah, it's a little unclear because his case is different than the previous two recent executions. Um, Those two people had admitted that they had had been involved in the murders um, that they were convicted in. So because Taylor has an innocence claim, it is uh, different. Um, But yeah, it's a little unclear how Governor Parson or the Missouri Supreme Court will act in this case.
1: I was going to say, what about the governor here? He obviously has the ability to make a serious impact by halting the execution, though he hasn't been one to do that as of late. So I'm not guessing Governor Parson is a likely avenue of uh, ally of Leonard Taylor at this point.
0: Yeah, it's unclear. Um, All all his office has said so far is that they review these cases. And um, I know his attorneys met with his office earlier this week, but yeah, we're not sure what direction he's going to go.
1: What are the uh, advocates, Katie, opposing the death penalty saying about this particular case involving Leonard Taylor?
0: Yeah, so there are several supporters of Taylor as well as different organizations that are opposed to the death penalty who have come out and who have been making a pretty hard push this week. Um, they've been holding press conferences and they held a petition drive. Um, and so they are, yeah, are calling for the execution to be halted. Um, Congresswoman Cory Bush also has said that there is significant evidence to um, support his innocence and so that she also supports stopping the execution at this point. So
1: he's got some key allies here, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, he's had a um, significant amount of support, I think, from different groups that I think have probably helped him stay upbeat.
1: How does Missouri compare to other states around the country when it comes to the death penalty? Katie, what what have you found out about that?
0: So Missouri has pretty aggressively pursued the death penalty in the past couple months. This will be the third execution should it go forward um, in the past 10 weeks. Um, The death penalty is being used less and less across most of the country, but I think Missouri is one of five states that has executions scheduled so far this year. Hmm.
1: How difficult was it for you to get the interview with Leonard Taylor in prison? What kind of steps do you have to go through to, to get something like that?
0: Yeah, so I had to, I had been in touch with him and asked if he would be open to that, and he said he was. So I had also been in touch with his attorneys, and they were open to it. So then the next step is to go to the Department of Corrections and ask them, can this be arranged? And they have some discretion We had originally wanted to have a contact visit, which would be not behind glass, but they said that that was not allowed um, due to the stage of... um you know, his case at this point. So it was a no-contact-behind-glass visit. Mm -hmm.
1: How much time did you have with him?
0: They actually gave us a pretty considerable amount of time. We were there for about four hours and we're talking about for about three and a half hours and then uh, did some photos for the last part of that.
1: Huh? That's quite a moment going to a place like that and and having an interview like that in a prison. It's pretty daunting to be in an environment like that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely gives you a different perspective on... um, you know, what happens after a case is finished and what people, you know, the environment that people who are convicted are living in.
1: Yeah. Well, that's Katie Moore, the Kansas City Star. She's been covering the pending execution of Leonard Taylor, who was still claiming his innocence uh, for the murder of his girlfriend and her three children nearly 20 years ago in St. Louis. Katie, thanks for coming in today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.